And then it turned out that the call was coming from inside the phone booth. Oh, oh, that was a good one. That was a good oh, one. Oh, I know, That's I know. Who's got that one? You know, anyone, anyone else? Anyone uh, else? Come on, Jen. Come on. Um, okay, okay. Um, so, it happened on a night just like this. <gasps> Ooh. And there was this writer, writing alone, late into the dark. <gasps> oh. And then she published her article. Ah! <gasps> <gasps> And then, after a few hours, she came back, <gasps> and she looked at the article, <gasps> and there at the bottom of the article was the comment section! <laughs> Greetings, strangers, queer and pleasant. I'm not Laura Cake Magnetdale. And I'm not Jane Harris Magnetdale. And welcome to another episode of Queer and Pleasant Strangers. It's a podcast where two queer trans women talk about the things media-wise we've done in the week. And we do silly voices and skits. How are you doing? Uh... Uh... Yes. Uh... Yes. Uh... Yes. Uh... Like that, really? Like that? On and on and on and on for hours. Ah, yeah, yeah. but it's fine because we've consumed media, and that is a distraction. Also, we have each other We're here. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're in touching distance. I'm, I'm in touching range. I wasn't for a little bit, and then I came back, and now you I'm did. in touching range. Yes. Uh, yes. It was just as well because I don't think I could have handled all that while I was on my own. Uh, should, should we start <laughs> with uh, what we've played? And should I start because I, mine involves having gone away, which we sort of referenced there. <laughs> Ah, oh, went away to MCM Comic Con yeah. in London uh, yeah. for a little bit. Uh, I was as sensible as I could be with doing so. Um, thankfully, there were lots of you know COVID pass checks and vaccination checks and whatnot going on, and it was all well done. Uh, but yes, went away for the weekend. Um, did a panel that went really nicely, and I played some games while I was away. What? Yeah, I had a chance to play. Some games with some of my nerd friends that I haven't had a chance to play games with in a while. Heck yeah. Uh, so I'm going to try and get through some of those as quickly as I can. Um, play some of the Bureau of Balance game, which we've talked about before. It's mm-hmm. a sort of deck-based game that works as a jumping-off point for throwing together little tabletop campaigns without much planning or forethought. Mm-hmm. Um, that went really well. Uh, it is... A very good kind of game to play that requires very low stats, very simple interactions with each other, very simple character sheets where you don't have to come up with stats and there are prompts to come up with your character, and you can be as silly or as not particularly sensible at the plot about the plot as you you want or need, and still sort of progress through a coherent narrative. Yeah, it's, it's very good for helping people tell stories. Yeah, we had a... Very silly time. Uh, we we told the story of um, a wizard called Greg, who every every time we had a card that was like, yeah, what does this creature look like? Um, the joke was, it looks like Greg. Um, okay. And Greg was having a bit of a breakdown about, oh god, what the fuck is happening? So uh, Greg's. And we sort of, uh, the story ultimately built up to Greg 
not terribly great at magic, was trying to learn some duplication magic, accidentally, at some point in the past, created a wave of duplication magic that sort of had a little bit of Greg in it, so everything it duplicated was became sort of Gregish. Everything is Greg now. Um, and then at the end, he he adopted some of the Greg clones, took them back to the bakery he worked in, and now we have not Greg, but Gregs. Yay! <laughs> it was a good silly time. Gregories! Gregories! Uh, I'm just going to go through the MCM stuff go, in one go. go, go. go, go, go. Um, we also played uh, another tabletoppy thing that requires very little prep because it <gasps> uses a lot of randomised elements. Uh, we played a game of Kissing in the Weird Future. You made that? Yeah, I helped make that. I helped make that in an hour. It took longer for us to play than it took for me to help create. Um, it's often the way with one one page one shots. Yeah, it was it was a one page one shot that was created as part of an hour long uh come up with a tabletop game in an hour podcast and uh this is my first time having a chance to play it with other people like run it, running it as a DM and it went really well. I had a really fun time. Um the core concept is that you play as a bunch of time-traveling cherubs trying to get aliens and monsters from across the timeline to fall back in love with each other because if they don't fall in love the timeline's gonna fall apart and explode um so you roll some random dice to find out uh what the technology level of the planet's gonna be what the uh random element that the planet is made of uh, primarily made of is going to be what the elements of the monster are going to be uh, if you don't want to use the randomised tables that are provided, you can use a random word generator, which can be fun. You random word generate until you have a material, that's the material of your planet. Things like that. Um, mm-hmm. So we had a little adventure where we were trying to get two argumentative gelatinous insects on a planet made of gold to fall in love with each other. Uh, as the person running the game, I had to come up with, in secret, a couple of attributes that these creatures would need in order to fall in love with each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, and these are secrets, and these are the things the players are trying to work out. Okay. Um, so, for example, in this, it was because it's a planet of argumentative... Uh, like argu- Being argumentative is one of the key attributes of this species. I made it so that both of the aliens need to think they've won an argument against the other. Okay. Um, because, like, I made it a planet of insects that, like, the thing that they love more than anything is to be like, I won an argument. Um, that Ooh. we also made it so one of the things they needed was an incredibly dull, um, uh, romantic gift because okay. everything on the planet was made of gold. It was all very shiny. It's like it's the <laughs> most mundane, non-shiny, non-colorful thing you can find. Um, and the idea is that you sort of play through one time loop researching who the targets are, what their needs are, etc. You loop back to the start, try and enact your plan to make them fall in love. There's some villainous agents that are trying to fuck up the timeline that'll try and stop you. Um, very rules light. The, the main way that the stats work is that you have two stats, kissing and weird future. Uh, kissing is for interpersonal stuff, so it's like you're trying to convince someone, uh, persuade someone, get insight on someone doing the interpersonal stuff, that's kissing stat. Weird future is technology, aggression, surrealness, anything that doesn't fall into that sort of interpersonal category. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you start with six points spread somewhere between the two. Okay. 
Um, and you've got to roll below that number on a six-sided dice to succeed at that thing. So if you want to give yourself, say, a one uh, on kissing, you'd have to roll a one or lower, which, yeah, you'd have to roll a one to successfully do kissing stat. Yeah. Uh, but anything below a five would, you know, if you put that in your weird stat, would, would let you be very good at that. Uh, and there's a bit of a mechanic to swap to move those stats over time. If you're moved by a particularly moving display of emotion, you can move an extra point from weird to kissing, and if something unsettles you about the weird surreal planet you've landed on, you can move a point from kissing to weird. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this is my first ch- time getting to like run a game of this properly, and it went really well. It, it went well as a surreal storytelling experience. Mm-hmm. It does require a decent amount of, um, you've got to be able to think on your feet as a GM of this, because very suddenly it's like, here are are all the things, go, story. And you have to be very willing to just pick up the handful of attributes you have and run with them. But yeah, we had a really fun, we had a really fun time playing. It was real nice. nice. Um... We also played some Super Mario Party. Uh, one of my friends has never played a Mario Party before. Oh, heck. Um, their experience was exactly what I kind of hope someone's first Mario Party experience will be, mm-hmm. which is, oh, I hate this game. It's so randomized. There's no way I'm ever going to... Oh, my God, I'm winning. This is amazing. I love this game. <laughs> oh, no. What happened? I'm losing. Ah, it's terrible. <laughs> the, the roller coaster yeah. of... Joy and fury that is Mario Party. That that that's pretty accurate. Yeah. Uh the first game we played, I was absolutely demolished. Both other players uh teamed up on me, they ganged up on me, I was doing real Rude. bad, they were stealing all my stars. Rude. So in the second game, I absolutely demolished and I did mock them the whole way through. I had a bit of a giggle. <laughs> um there's a map where the price of stars fluctuates and you can buy multiple stars at once. And I kept getting stars for only five coins. And every loop of the map I did, I kept getting new friends to add to my team. And they never got a friend to add to theirs. So I was getting, like, between four and eight free moves every turn. It's just pretty rough the map. Like, ha, who's losing now? Not you. Not me. Uh, it's Mario Party's good. I like Mario Party. I love Party. Mario Party. Mario yeah. Party's fun, uh, the last thing we played as a group while away is we played uh, Don't Get Got, <sighs> which we've talked about on this before, I think. Yes. Um, it is a game where you're dealt out secret objectives that you have to do, um, and there'll be things like, what What are some ones we've had in the past? So the, the one that I think about most is the one that I got you with, which was put this card in a bag of snacks and have another player touch it. Yeah. And I dropped mine in a bag of popcorn way at the beginning of the day, and sometime around 4pm, you touched it and were like, what the fuck is that? Oh. Oh. Um, (laughs) yeah, so it's a bunch of, like, hey, here's a bunch of objectives, try and get someone to do them. If someone realises you're trying to get them to do an objective and they call you out, you've failed that objective, you can't do it. The rules say first to complete three of their objective wins. Mm -hmm. We... Filled up our wallet of six. Because we were having a weekend together, we set this up on the Friday night and we were like, we're just going to go aim for all six. (laughs) By Monday morning, can anyone get all six? And, oh, it was chaos. It was beautiful. (laughs) Um, 
There was there was one moment where about three objectives uh, across uh, four objectives across two different people got done in about three minutes. It wow. was we had a real like everyone was still reeling from the last one so much they didn't realize the next one was coming. Oh shit! Um, by Sunday night, so about forty eight hours in, me and one other player were down to just one objective left each, and. I my final objective I've been working on since the start. It was um incorrectly say that there are fifty one cards in a deck of cards and be corrected. Everyone knows there's forty plus a fifteen card sideboard in a <laughs> deck of cards, right? Uh so I'd I'd spent days building this up so it wouldn't be obvious what I was trying to do. Um my parents had been on holiday and I had been using legitimate information to talk about like, oh yeah, my parents been away, they sent me pictures. Um, oh yeah, they've been playing some card games while away, which they had. And I then started to subtly drop in like, oh, oh, they've got one too many cards in their deck. They've got uh, 51 cards in it. Um, and no one picked up. And I was like, okay, did no one like notice what I'd done? Or... And I did this so many times expecting to get like someone to go, you're trying to... You, you keep mentioning this. You're trying to get me. Yeah, you're trying to get me. Turns out neither of my friends know how many cards are in a deck of cards. On Sunday night, uh, one of them was like, is that how many... Is that... I, I don't know how many cards are in a deck of cards. And I was like, oh no. And then the other friend was like, oh yeah, no, I don't. I don't either. Is that how many? I was like, oh no. Oh no. This oh, no, one's no, no, going no, no, no. to be impossible. I'm afraid so. Yeah. It's... Because there's an option that if you've got one that you think is going to be impossible to complete, you can swap it out uh, at the start of the game. I did not anticipate this would be an impossible one. That's, it seemed very doable. Yeah. You know, I, I managed to get them to do much more elaborate and complicated things than that. Uh, oh, well. So, I, I came second. I got five of my six done. Yeah. I, I think I did as well as I could have done. Yeah. Uh, what about you? What are you playing this week? Oh, gosh. Uh, well, I picked up some new board games at uh, McCum as well. Uh, I got uh, Escape from the Dark Sector. Ooh, tell me about that. Um, so this is a narrative-driven um, dice-rolling game. Hmm. You have these huge oversized cards which will show characters. You'll have, like, a little health pad um, that you mark off like a like sort of like an ECG. Yeah. And um, so basically you uh, pick a character, or two characters if you're playing solo, and uh, you give yourself a, a uh, like a neurostim or something, which will basically give you some bonus or benefit or opportunity to mitigate some of your dice rolls. And uh, you just turn over the first card, and there are multiple first cards, so that you can potentially do this game a lot. Uh, flip over the first card, that will tell you sort of what your starting situation. In my case, it was uh, there appeared to be some, some dead guards. There is a weapons cabinet. It is open. You can grab two starting items and a uh, and an item from the draw deck. So you, mm. I grabbed a, a ray gun and a different type of gun. One fires electricity, one fires um, like, uh, like standard bullets. Hmm. Turn over the next card, and it was like a laser grid. So you have to like roll to try and get past the laser grid. Like, will you roll uh, like your uh, courage, or will you need to roll like uh, wisdom twice to get through this? Like having like worked out the 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 way they move or something. 
the next one I think was a couple of guards I had to fight. And everyone is like, you you flip one over. Most of them will be like, and you've got an item reward. Draw an item from the deck. And they could be one-handed weapons or two-handed weapons or just like items, like stims or, or grenades, mm. a fan of you of. Uh, like like a batleth type thing uh, I got uh, for one of my characters. And then you've got like going into combat. So you've got uh, ranged. Obviously, if you've got ranged weapon, you can like do a round of ranged combat. Hmm. As long as everybody wants to do ranged combat or hunker down or move to flank, you can't have one person in close, one person in ranged. Hmm. And you will just like roll for it. So uh, basically, what you're trying to do from range is just roll dice and get hits without your gun jamming or exploding or whatever other possible downfall you might have because sometimes you will some of the dice faces will be a positive thing and sometimes by definition of what's on the card that might be a bad thing but it is pretty much the same dice for that type of projectile weapon mm. um, then you've got uh, close combat where you roll your own personal dice and you're trying to match symbols on the uh, enemy's card which have been like marked out as dice mm. and usually a couple of random ones thrown in there for like roll this number of, of dice per character playing. And you just sort of try and work your way through this thing, making narrative decisions a bit like a choose-your-own-adventure yeah. book and and get through and eventually fight a boss. I got to the room before the boss yeah. and I died. But like, I, I thought it was pretty good because yeah. the, the person who sold me on getting this game was like, oh, I suppose you could play single-player, but that sounds very, very, very hard. Yeah. It's not an easy game. I was like, well, that's fine. You know, I don't, I'm not adverse to a, a difficult or crunchy game. Uh, the size of these cards are, are pretty stunning. That's like four times the size of a regular playing card. Ooh, yes, I've seen the big cards. Yes, and the dice are very chunky as well. So you've got like um, nine uh, trait dice that you usually use for marking out the enemies. Mm. Uh, you've got six character dice, one for each character. And then you've got like Tons of much smaller dice for your like ballistic weapons or uh, energy weapons or explosive weapons. Yeah, and then hit dice as well for like. So when you're in ranged combat, you would roll your dice plus a hit die, and that's them shooting back at you. Hmm. So it's it's quite a nice mechanic of well, maybe they didn't hit me. Maybe they're stormtroopers. I don't know. <laughs> um, but there's like a what um, one in three chance of them missing. So yeah, it feels pretty decent, um, and it's all various sizes of d6s. It's pretty interesting, and I would I would be interested to play it with more people to sort of get that back and forth of like character interaction and stuff, and and exploring the world. But yeah, the the art in it is this sort of very classic black and white comic book style. Mm. It's very interestingly drawn, and it's 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 definitely got a style all of its own, and I'm I'm interested to play more of it. Uh, what about you? Have you played anything else? Uh, the only other thing I've I've had a chance to play. I had something else I wanted to play. I'd, it'll end up being next week. I was going to play some of that Guardians of the Galaxy game. I'm going to try and play that today. But uh, I've been playing a little bit of the um, Nintendo 64 games that are now available on the Switch. Ah, yes. I've uh, not heard great things about the uh, the online multiplayer. Uh, I've not tried the online multiplayer. What's what's up with the online multiplayer? It keeps disconnecting, like people trying to play Mario Kart. Yeah. Which obviously everyone's trying to play Mario Kart. 
like people getting just like constant disconnections like once per track's like oh we need to reconnect to the other yeah. player we're just going to pause for a minute yeah that's a real shame because that's basically the key selling point of um yeah. having these these ROMs on the Switch is yes. that Nintendo will, you know, hey, you're paying for this as part of your online service, we'll let you play these games online multiplayer. Yeah. Um, the emulation, uh, otherwise pretty good. There's a couple of things I've seen going around on Twitter. The main thing is the um, Dark Link Room in Ocarina of Time doesn't do its fog effect quite oh. like original hardware would. Um, but a lot of the issues you see on like cheap handheld emulators um, with N64 games don't occur here, such as okay. uh, the uh, Mario Kart 64, the the picture in picture, yeah, the picture in picture yeah. that works totally okay. fine. Like some of the stuff that like if you're playing cheap emulator handhelds will sometimes like be the thing to crap out on N64 games. Those seem to work. Those seem to work. I think the thing with that picture in picture error is um, one of those hey, we could look at, like, actual hardware and strip it back, but the whole point we're al why we're allowed to make these emulators is the fact that it's done in, a like, a, a sealed room environment. Yeah. So we don't know how they did it, whereas Nintendo can just go, oh, yeah, we know. It's it's our software. Well... Or our hardware, rather. Yes, yeah. Um... That that being said, fu fun fact: if you dig into a lot of Nintendo's, uh, like the, the the NES Classic, for example, a lot of the ROMs on them are literally downloaded off ROM sites. Oh, like, yeah, yeah that Nintendo clearly takes some inspiration from. I mean, yeah, but that yeah. that's just the ROMs though; they're just file images. But whereas, like yeah. the emulators themselves, indeed, um, obviously they have uh, the option to to fix certain things or change yeah. certain things to make it more yeah. hardware accurate. It it seems to largely work. There's a couple, like the the main thing is a couple of weird issues with things like the fog, the fog in the, the Ocarina fog. of Time. I've What's heard some um, issues with aiming in Winback. Um, uh, I haven't tried Winback, Project Winback yet, but um, yeah, I've I've heard of a few people talking about various issues. Like, I've this. <laughs> we, what I really want to see is, um, and and what the person in the video said was like, I want to see modern vintage gamer. Like yeah. do a take on this. Someone who really knows not only emulation but like yeah. porting and the hardware scene, especially yes. for N sixty four. What and I think that would yeah. be like a, an interesting teardown because there are a lot of people citing like this isn't quite right. In fact, I would rather play this on an actual emulator than pay. Yeah. Much. One thing I've seen people talk about that I have not experienced, and I don't know if it's widespread or if it like is infrequent enough that like it will happen, mm. but hasn't yet. Is I've seen some people talking about input lag, mm. and that's not a thing yep. I've experienced, but I'm curious about that. Yeah, I've heard people talking about input lag as well. Um, are you playing directly on the Switch, or have you been using docked? Uh, directly on the Switch in handheld. Okay, I'm wondering maybe if there's something weird with wireless? Well, I mean, I had it on the table, but I had the controllers wirelessly. Uh, oh, I don't know then. Yeah, I I don't know. I've not noticed any issues with input lag. Um, but yeah, it's nice to have access to those games just conveniently there. Yeah. Um, you know, d people can have whatever opinions about the price <laughs> being uh, not great, but also I can afford to do so, and it's nice and convenient to have access to them here, even if, yeah, it's not a great value proposition. Um, I've also heard people talking about um, the way some of the mapping for the C buttons uh, is, isn't great. 
I mean, it's the same as when you play a lot of like N64 games on, say, GameCube, where it's like, um, we've we've mapped the C buttons to the right stick, for yes, example. Yeah, same same controls, but I've heard that the the Switch um, stick is a lot more sensitive, and has been causing issues in that respect. So far, it it, it has. I haven't noticed them. But this is just what again. I've not had a huge amount of time to play around no, with it. So same. Yeah. Uh, what about you? What about me? Yeah, oh, I bought another board game. Yeah, tell me about another board game. Um, I got uh, Gloomhaven: Jaws of the Lion. Yeah. Um, so this, so Gloomhaven came out. It was it was kickstarted. It was huge. I think it's on like version three now, version four. Um, multiple printings. They've gone through. They've fixed a few things. They've balanced a few things. I think slowly over time. It doesn't change the fact that it is a huge box full of cardboard components that most people never seem to get through. Mm-hmm. Most people are like, I've got the big camera, it's very good, and I'm very excited to play. I got through, like... It's like, even people who got through 15, 20, like, campaign missions are going, yeah, I've... Yeah, I didn't go back to that. There's too. There's still too, there's much, too much game. There's too much game still. And that's understandable. It is a lot of game for most people. If you don't have like a dedicated board game group, like weekly, yeah. Unless you're willing to play solo and not see other people, you're probably not going to get through most of this anytime soon. There's like something like ninety odd missions in the base thing. Yeah. Um, I believe you can play like one-offs, um, just with stuff from the box. But there's people who talk about like twenty-five minute setup times. Mm. And that's not that's including people who you are using the app to run the monsters. Yeah. Because you've got to get the board out, you've got to find we oh so you've got to open the box, you've got to find all of the um board components, put them together like a jigsaw, you've got to find all of uh the enemies to put on the board, you've got to find any things like um treasure chests or treasure that's lying around already, uh barricades, sorts of things like that. You've got to mark them all out on the map, and and like then you've still got the fact that if you're if you're playing without the app, uh, all of your damage markers and status markers, yeah, and uh, like all of the other monster stuff, and just have that bumbling around. Then you've got to sit down and sort out whether what deck your character is going into the into the dungeon with. Are you going to the shop? Are you going to buy stuff from the item shop? Are you going to take that with you? Okay, do you know do you know where where all that is? Have you got that all packed up? Like it can be overwhelming to go in there and go Like I think the box gives you like giant bags to put things in. Mm. And what I'm seeing a lot of people saying is like, no, individual bags is the only way you will get through it, otherwise it's just too complicated. Yeah. Jaws of the Lion gets around that a little bit. Like you open the box and the first thing you are presented with is a hey, before you start playing with this, but- there's gonna be some <laughs> box set up. Yes. But we are going to talk you through every single step of that. Oh, thank you. It's like a a, a one-page double-sided sheet with, hey, so here's what. There's a bunch of bags. Get the punch board. All of the, the characters that look alike, put them in one bag. Find their um, description um, card. And then punch out their turn order tracker um, piece. Yeah. And then stick that in that bag. Then go through this deck of cards and put the the character cards that match that creature into the bag with those things. You have just made up your vermling bag. Okay, now you're going to need to make up this and that and the other. 
Yeah. And I literally went through, punched out all the cards, put the cards in bags, put all the turn round turn trackers in bags, then put all the cards in, and it's all very nicely organised in there. And I think if I had the base game and was trying to individually pick through stuff, or even just pick through hundreds of fucking bags trying to work out which one was which that I needed for this thing, because sometimes you need like three or four different types of creatures. Yeah. It's a lot. Luckily, this is much more manageable. As I say, it talks you through it. This seems like a much less intimidating Seems like proposition. There's, a, there's only four characters as, as opposed yeah. to the 17 that's in the base <laughs> game. If you get excited and like this enough to try proper Gloomhaven, you can take those characters ahead and you're basically using it as an expansion. Yeah. Uh, instead of having to deal with fucking about with the board, you open the scenario book to the page. It will have some text about the scenario. It will have pictures where everything goes. All the barricades are just pictures. And if you destroy those barricades, you'll just need to put little damage markers on top of them. Mm. Like the tokens is just a tray and it teaches you through. Punch out these tokens. They go in this section in the tray done you're done it's all done for yeah. you it's so fucking easy um you have a, a learn how to play book and it's like okay read this okay now read the scenario book here is some plot okay cool now go back to this bit read down to here this is how you're going to play this is how these cards work um this is how the enemies work this is how like which enemies you put out depending on player count mm. and like, it is all really simply very, very organised. And better than that, there is a QR code on the back of the startup guide of, here is a link to how to watch it played. What? Let Rodney teach you how to play it in five videos that talk you through the entire first five scenarios. I mean, anytime a rule book or a setup is like, hey, here's specifically Rodney's YouTube videos, it's like, okay, you, 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 you know what you're doing. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, like this is so much more manageable. Um, two reasons I haven't picked up Gloomhaven. Mm. One, it looked like too much faff. Yes. Two, by the time I was... Sorry, three. Three reasons. By the time I was thinking about... Even thinking about Gloomhaven, Frosthaven was getting kickstarted. Yes. And I looked at Frosthaven and went, that looks like all of the stuff than that that people talk about but it's got more like city building stuff that yeah. I thought was more interesting, like outside of combat. And the third reason is it looks like a dungeon crawler. Yeah. And I just like, that's the least interesting part of D and D to me. Hmm. Like I want to have the character interactions rolling dice for half an hour is fine TM. Yeah. But like, I want to know if the bard fucks the barmaid. <laughs> I want to know if, if, um, you know, what's happening with the characters in town who's responsible for the Vermling Plague, whatever, yeah. but I don't much care for the combat. I, it's all about the the wacky storytelling and the fun. And then I played Jaws of the Lion's first, chap first scenario chapter on my own just to get a feel for it, and the combat's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so, rather than dice rolling, hmm. you have um, a deck of cards. Cards are broken up into two halves, a top half and a bottom half, and in the middle is a number. So at the beginning of your turn, you will each pick a, uh, a a two cards from your hand. You will decide which order you want them to sit in, and the card you put on the bottom and then uh, or on the top and then put face down will uh, the number that is lowest will go highest in the initiative order. Yeah. 
you'll turn over an enemy card um, once you get to the normal game, and that will have an initiative point on it, and your opponent or your your colleague will do the same. Um, you'll also have like special missions for the game. Yeah. Like, okay, uh, I need to collect as much money as possible. Hmm. I need to finish all of my turns not standing next to another player. Okay. Um, and these will get you ticks, which will get you little upgrades on your character later on. Okay. So you can start to modify things. So back to the cards. Whatever you may have planned, you can just go. Uh, actually, I might just do the bottom of that one instead. Um, so it will usually, most top actions tend to be like attacking things, um, mm. or at least for the characters I've seen, because I've only seen, um, the demolitionist yes. who is, um, just destroying, uh, scenery and, uh, melee and the, uh, void warden who is more of a support class. Mm. She can do, uh, like lots of heals, very good for a group and, um, like work through other people. Yeah. Just be like you. You can now do an uh, an attack of two or three at range two, which is great, even if your character isn't uh, uh, ranged. Can can you do the top half and bottom half of the same card? No. Or do they they have to be two different yeah. cards? Okay. And so you will basically just be trying to work out what you're going to do based on decisions you made earlier. Yeah. Um. Which can be a bit tricky because, like, the one particular one I had the other day uh, when I was like playing my practice game was. So it's like, uh, yeah, okay. Based on the the scenery now, the best thing I want to do is I want to heal the um, the demolitionist, and then uh, probably move sort of closer to them because I'd been at a bit of range. And then uh, without really thinking about, it, I was playing a two hander. I probably should have thought about it a bit more. It's like, okay. As the demolitionist, I want to move towards the nearest enemy and do an attack. Yeah. So, <laughs> the demolitionist moved first, because they were first in the turn order. Yeah. And I would have known that, because I picked the fucking cards. <laughs> but, like, this is something that you wouldn't know in a multiplayer game, because yeah. you don't talk about what your cards are. You say, you can sort of say, I'm going to try and attack that, yeah. and I think I can kill it. But you can't say, I'm going to do this, it does this much damage, it's this card, and... Ah, uh, you can't really sort of talk about what you're going to do. It's almost a little bit programming game in that, uh, like yeah, a little bit, a uh, little bit programming. There's a little bit hidden, hidden stuff in there as well. Yeah, because um, as I said, like you, you could potentially be trying to wander around the map, hoovering up money, and not actually do the mission to get yourself ticks to improve yeah. your character. Um, because it's it's somewhat cooperative, but there are things you can do that will benefit you and not everyone. Yes. yes. Okay. Um, and then at the end of... So basically, once you run out of cards or you've only got one card left in your hand, you need to take a rest. Mm. So are you going to take a short rest, which means that you will uh, pick up your discard pile, shuffle it, and throw one of those cards in the lost pile... Oh, do you get to find out what that is, or...? Uh, I mean, you could look at it. I I didn't, because I thought it might just make me sad. <laughs> I believe at that point you can just throw, like, two other cards in, if that card you particularly wanted. Okay. The alternative is you take a long rest. Yeah. Uh, the long rest means you basically skip your next turn. But you get to keep everything? You get to pick which card you're putting away. Ah. 
so you're still losing one. You're still becoming more fatigued by battle. Yes. Uh, but that that's slightly okay. better. Um, and and that I mean, for the most part, that is it. You are you for the long game. You are gaining experience for, for yeah. being on missions, and depending on what difficulty level, because you can play at like eight different difficulty levels. Um, you'll get like more, more bonus cash and more bonus um XP, and l- there's like a whole level up chart. You can potentially have extra cards in your hand, or new cards coming into your deck, or mm. if you open treasure chests, it might find a particular item that you get out of an item deck, and that's just now available for you to have. Yeah. You, or you could sell it back to the shop, and it becomes available in the shop. That's a lot of. A lot of different mechanics happening here that all sound like they interplay with each other in interesting ways. It's really fascinating in a way that, like, I really wasn't expecting based yeah. on, like, I guess it's been top of Board Game Geek's top yeah. 100 for, like, two years now. But, like, none of that was made particularly clear the- <laughs> in a way that engaged me. The The way I've always heard Gloomhaven explained from the outside always made me picture it seemed like a game for people who really enjoy like second or third edition Dungeons and Dragons that was min-max combat dungeon crawling heavy and like has never sounded appealing. Lots of dudes on a board. Yeah. Yeah, that and that's certainly the case I felt so far, but like playing through Jaws of the Lion, like I'm desperately keen to play more of it and, and to get like sit down with a like I don't want to go too far into it because obviously I'm potentially yeah. gonna have to like re replay and re, re, well, mostly it's restarting the decks. Yes, yeah. Because if I think if I get started playing with a group, I'll I'll just be like, This is my character, my cards in that I mean, my deck will sit yeah. in my little tuck box, and I I will remember them for the next mission. Well, I mean, we have our friend that wants to play. I know Gloomhaven, <laughs> and I'm excited to find some time to. Well, they're coming over soon, so yeah, it'd be yeah. nice to find some time soon to to do that. Okay, well, okay, well, well, yeah, yeah. Uh, so that is uh, Gloomhaven draws the line. Uh, well, yeah. Oh, have you played anything? Else? I don't think I've played anything else. I'm just double checking. Um. Yeah, I think that's I think that's it for played. What oh, about goodness. you? Have you played anything else? I played through Echo Generation. Uh talked about this gosh, what, a year or so ago we got yeah. the a demo sent to us and I played through that on stream. I had a lot of fun. It's this fun, quirky, synthwave style uh style um voxel game. Yeah. So all the characters are made up of tiny voxels. It's kinda cute. It's uh like um like a JRPG mm. where you are kids running around town and yeah. there is seems to be something like your your parents seem to be divorced. Uh you've got to look after your kid sister who's sitting around the house watching violent cartoons. Yeah. That are supposed to be educational. It's it we 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 both played a, an early demo for this a while back. It had almost like earthboundy Kids, kids, I haven't played Earthbound, so... It felt a little Earthbound in that sense of, like, uh, kids off on an adventure that the parents aren't really, like, engaging with what the kids are up to. Yeah. 
Um, a lot of the villains are uh, weird adult, uh, weird alieny adults. Often, well, there's uh, the raccoons. You spend most of the first half, oh, most of that demo fighting raccoons. Yeah, and it's... then there's like a weird clown robot you fight at the end. Yeah, and then you go out into the fields, talk to the cat. There's a crash spaceship in the background, and it was like, play the full game when it comes out. Yeah. And it was it was interesting. Certainly interesting enough that when it came to Game Pass, I was like, yeah, I'll give that a go and then play through it in one afternoon. Yeah. Uh, it's, what, six to eight hours, maybe, tops. Hmm. And you are basically these kids going on an adventure. Initially with the demo, I wasn't sure if it was like all in their heads and they were just imagining stuff. No, it, it's got alien robots and there's a whole plot involving some kind of company and space and portals maybe and there's uh your your principal might be really shady yeah so some of the stuff you're telling me about this like i don't care that i know plot spoilers for this game it sounds fucking wild and i'm I'm here for the journey (laughs) yes come for the journey there's also more playable characters now yes Um, so like in the demo you had like kid with baseball cap and that's it and now there are actually like some choices of of like different archetypal people and flicking through the character selection, I was like, mm, that looks that looks a little bit strange, stranger thingsy, maybe not sure, but um, yeah, lots of lots of good different character options and like just weird fun combat mechanics. Yeah. Uh, so basically, your your special powers are, are obtained through comic books. <gasps> oh. So it's like, oh, you got a hockey hero. You've picked up this move where you like side check someone with your hockey stick. I, I'm always a fan of in universe narrative for how you get your new moves. Like my mm-hmm. my favorite one of those is always the original No More Heroes, where you're getting VHS tapes of wrestling matches, and <laughs> that's how you unlock your new wrestling awesome. moves. Um, and then in I think in No More Heroes three, I think it's your uh, you're getting uh, pen pal letters from your your dojo teacher <laughs> who's like, hey, I think you're ready. I've like written an explanation. You, you try and do this. Do a big kick now. Yeah, do a big kick and then sort of spin around a bit. Oh heck, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, it's 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 charming. The coloring in some some scenes is absolutely beautiful. Like the the palettes they pick for this game is is really good. The backgrounds. Are really stunning. Some of the character design is fascinating. Mm-hmm. I think they've done a really good job with it. Um, oh, but also book train, book train, book train, book train. I did yeah. terrible things to book it, train. It seems like a fascinating game. It's maybe got a few indie jank little flaws, but like it seems interesting and worth the time yeah, to play. It, it didn't crash on me. Yeah. Uh, I had a good time. I I may have at the end started save scumming a little bit. Yeah. Um, because. Basically, if you use uh, items in combat yeah. and you die, those items are used, but you will have to run back and find somewhere to heal back up to full health or use more items before going back into that fight. Oh, I see. So, like, for the basically, literally for only the final boss, it's yeah. like, I have no way of getting new items. Yeah. There is nowhere to go and sit and, and heal up. Yeah. So, if I get... To a point, I'm just gonna exit to main menu because it only saves before I go into combat. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, and that was the only time in like, as I say, six to eight hours of gameplay, and had a fun time with it. The music's really nice as well. It doesn't doesn't get too samey. 
the yeah set design very very fun had yeah. a lot of fun with that that was fun that was a nice bright colorful fun thing yeah. and last week on stream i played visage um I was packing for MCM while you were playing that, and there were a couple of times I heard genuine screams from downstairs and had to check, like, have you been scared by a spooky jump scare? Or did you, like, fall over and, like, or you're being attacked by a serial killer? Like, should I be concerned by the sound I just heard? <laughs> um, I think someone might have clipped it, but the end of the stream... Um... I was wandering around, the lights kept getting turned off, I was getting more and more pissed off, like... That, how I do very often with, like, survival horror games, where, like, it's got to a point where the, the creeps are happening so often I'm just getting annoyed with them. Mm. <laughs> um, but also I hadn't died the whole stream. Yeah. So I'd, I hadn't really got to that f step of, yeah, yeah, whatever. But I was just like, hello, scary friend. Hello, hello, yeah. hello. are you okay, friend? Scary just friend like, didn't seem as much of a threat as you felt they should, maybe. Yeah, I mean, I'm not one to, to sort of be like, I'm going to assume the worst of you just because you're sitting in a cot smeared in blood and that's oh, glued to the fucking wall. Yeah, that, like, hey, that room was quite something. You okay there, friend? You seem to be... Glued to the wall with some some blood and a and a crib, I guess. Is is everything okay? And then just like wandering around the house, and the lights keep going off. And I'm like, stop it! You stop it! Stop it! I stop it! And then this thing just jumped out at me. My favorite thing about watching you play that was every time you were like, "You don't have to do. You don't have to turn the lights out. You don't. You you don't have to turn the lights out." And I was like, "The fact that you're getting so actively angry at the game for doing it, I think, is exactly why they have to turn the lights out. You're getting scared and upset, and that's what the game is clearly going they, for." They they played me perfectly. It built and built and built, and then there was a jump scare, and I yeah. was like. I, the thing is, I screamed, and then I sort of like twist. I like turned or something in such a way that I bashed my desk. Yeah, and the keyboard tray fell off it. Yeah, so it... there was this huge clatter. I disappear off screen, having screamed. Yeah, I come. D I hear a scream and then like a crashing sound, and I come downstairs, <laughs> and you're just sat on the sofa like. I need a minute. I just need a minute. Are you Are you okay, baby? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, so this week I will be doing um, the new Fatal Frame, which comes out on Thursday. Mm. So that will be that stream. Uh, but yeah, that was that was a thing. Yeah, um, play some more Rift Breaker. Yeah, you you seem like you're real near the end of that and ready oh, to just so close to the end. It. It's so tantalizingly close to the end. Like I've completed almost all of one of the pages of research. Mm. Like the main research page. This is everything you need to do. There's like other stuff like more weapons, but. I've, I'm happy with the weapons I've got. Yeah. And, like, uh, more alien tech. I've got the bits I need and don't particularly need certain other stuff. And then, like, just getting into this particular... Like, this final stage is like, okay, it's right at the beginning of the game you were told, make a huge space for this rift thing. You're going to rift back all the way back to Earth. Yeah. You're going to need, like, some super cool pla uh, supercharged plasma to um, charge the thing and some coolant to make sure that it doesn't go wrong yeah. during charging. Cool. I'm very ready for this. This is all excellent. I'm I'm ready and raring to go. Whew. 
and I um, was like, okay, um, I've, I've built all that. I've built all the side bits to it now. Cool. Are we are we are we ready now? Okay, we're gonna have to build some magnetic stabilizers. Well, luckily, I built the best version of those. <laughs> I've researched the best version of those already. That's gonna be way less faff to deal with. Okay, I have to move a few things around to make sure they're properly spaced because they can't be near each other. Thanks for that. I mean, that's fair, magnets. And it's like, cool, okay, everything's ready. Spin up the thing and that's going to be the end of it and we will be victorious. But it will attract enemies. <laughs> yes. And it, if if it runs out of any of the fuels during the process, it's going to need two minutes to cool down and you're going to have to restart the whole thing again. Okay. Okay. So you want to really stockpile the stuff. So it was. It it went from being like, okay, I think I can like fire the thing up to, ha ha ha! I've actually already done this thing. Ha ha ha! Okay. Well, I think everything is is ready to go now. Now. How about now? Now. Oh no. Okay. And it. This thing that took five minutes to build, and I kept needing to like put it down. Move it around, like. Sell it, move it again, because it wasn't quite in the right place. I spent another five minutes rebuilding it. Okay, finally had everything ready. I was like, okay, I seem to have enough of everything. Hit start up. I did not have enough of everything. (laughs) It was chewing through resources considerably faster than I... I had enough money. Money wasn't the problem. I didn't have enough supercharged plasma and I didn't have enough coolant. Yes, you you hadn't anticipated quite how hungry this thing was going to be. This thing was very hungry. And also it triggered, like, boss monsters coming from every single direction. I was like, okay! Yes, now you're like, oh, I understand what the final battle is now. The final battle is just ridiculousness. Like, yeah. it's it's like ten times what you saw at the beginning of the game of, you're not supposed to be able to beat this. <laughs> but this time you actually have to beat this in order to win. So now it's less a case of I'm working towards the final goal and building the thing to I'm working towards something entirely nebulous. I don't know how much enough is going to be. And I don't know if I can build the infrastructure around my existing base. Like I feel like basically what I'm going to have to do is build an entirely new base out of my old base. Because <laughs> I seem to have completely given up on the concept of like most of the stuff I'm already running. Yeah. I'm going... Fusion engines. Everything is fusion now. I I knock down every other piece of equipment I've been building so far. I build huge fusion things, which gives me enough super coolant, which I can turn into super... uh, uh, Enough plasma that I can turn into super plasma that I can use to power both the rift and the the heaviest possible guns in the game. (laughs) Because everything is coming and it's very angry at me. (laughs) Well, I wish you luck. Thanks. Uh, I need the luck. What are you? Uh, That's everything I've uh, played this week, I think. Well then. Time for this. Oh my god, my cosplay's absolutely fucking annoying me so much today. Same, same. I'm largely held together by safety pins at this point. I've been over to the cosplay repair place like seven times already. Yeah, uh, these leggings like keep falling down. Um, The... The top is just completely falling off. My shoes are three sizes too small, and I think I've broken one of my toes. 
I mean, I had to literally cut the soles off of my shoes, so I've been basically walking around this con barefoot all day. Yeah, uh, the wig is, like, digging into my head like nobody's business. It's tangling up a real nightmare. I can't do anything without it tangling again. It's... These contacts are actually making my eyes just burn. It feels like burning. Yeah, it's... it's uh... It's been a lot today. Yeah, and I think I might have used the wrong glue to glue my ears on. Oh, God. Uh, because it's, it, I feel like I'm coming up in some kind of rash. It's it's, it's just aggressively uncomfortable, I'll be honest. Yeah. Those photos we took were fantastic, though. Oh, yeah, yeah, I can't wait to do oh, this again. I've had such a fucking year. good day. I can't wait to amazing. do this again. Yeah. Oh. I'm I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to glue some, I'm going to glue the wig directly into my head next time. It's going to be great. Yeah. <laughs> the world is full of darkness. Hate and bigotry is everywhere. So this spookmas, why not get friends together and perform sinister rituals to curse a fascist, bewitch a corrupt politician, make puppets of bigots and stab them with pins? This Halloween, why not use your dark powers for good? Yay! So, huh, what have you put in your eyes? What have I put in my eyes? I don't know, um, what have you put in your eyes? I rewatched some Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Do, do, uh, do, do, do. Not not for any particular reason. Gestures over to the side of my work desk. Which is beautiful. Yeah, yeah. So I treated myself at MCM to a uh, really nice replica of the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers uh, morpher with different swappable in coins, and it opens up and it makes the lights and the sounds, and the lights and sounds are different depending on the coin you pop it in. It's morphin time. And there's a thing that you can put, put, pop it on your belt for cosplay purposes. It's got sort of clips, Ooh. and then you clip it in there so you can have your, your, your morpher. It's more phenomenal. Yeah. And it's really nice, and it's entirely unnecessary, but I, I, it made, it made me very happy. So I went back and watched some original Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Can you make the sounds? Uh, I haven't put the batteries in yet. I need to. I think it's triple A's, but I need to. Oh no! I need to make the time to get a screwdriver to pop it in. Let me double check. Does it say on the back what kind of batteries it is? Oh, no. I I will double check. It might okay. be double A's. It might be triple A's. I need to put some batteries in it. Heck, I'm um, It's got a little stand, and it's currently next to my work desk, and making me get ah, Power great. Rangers. It looks great. I forgot how much I love the original Power Rangers TV show. It's terrible, but it's it's great second screen watching while working. You know what um, we should do? What? It's nearly UDP. We should we should play some Power Rangers Battle for the Grid. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Heroes of the Grid. I, uh, Heroes of the Grid. Yes, we we should play some of that and put some Power Rangers on in the background. Yep, have the the Megazords on yeah. the table. Um, may, may, maybe when we do something cool, like get the, the morpher out and put the yeah. coin in, and like yeah. every time we get a new sword, you yeah, should do I, should, I should do the the, the morpher, yeah. the morphin. Yeah, I would like that. I would like um, that too. Yes, I've been rewatching my Morphin Power Rangers because I've had a lot of work to do this week that was like lo- that needed something low brain in the background. Mm. Uh, while I did like a lot of like entry of data into forms and mm. moving files around and all sorts of. Logis- uh, logistical admin things that are very good to have just like ah uh, here's some bumbling fools fighting um I don't know a big a big pig that burps a lot a big, big. big pig that do a big burp with a huge knife and fork with a big knife and fork he's and a, a very big, hungry pig a, a, a big nom. spartan helmet yeah a big spartan helmet um watch, mm, watching that episode back I didn't really mm. how do I put this 
I think there's not an insignificant number of people that have Vorkinks that it may well have originated <laughs> there because that probably put some fucking ideas in some child heads. Well, it's um, it's quite a fucking thing that episode. Um, okay, I think I'm gonna have to say this at some yeah, point. Yeah, Mind Morphin Power Rangers is wild. Um, I remember vaguely watching it, but I was it was really just on until the wrestling came on because I wanted to yeah. watch the wrestling. I at some point we need to watch some of the original series because I th- I think the the episode like the the episodes are just fucking dumb fun. I think you'd enjoy them. We watched the movie. The, the movie year. is weird and ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. What about you? What do you watch? Oh gosh. I was so into yours, I forgot to look at my... Uh... Uh, I know one thing you watched. Uh, we watched Free Guy. Oh yeah, we did. We watched the... We watched uh... it like two weeks ago, but I forgot to put it on the list. But As now in... it's here. Yeah, Um. that was a perfectly serviceable, uh, not bad time. <laughs> it, yeah, it was some time we spent watching a film that was like... Oh, I know that. Oh, yeah. I know that. It, oh, that's a nice graphic. It, yeah, it was like it wasn't terribly creative always, and like there's a lot of stuff that was like, yeah, it really had some moments of like an executive who's never played a video game trying to explain what a video game is like in a couple of places. Yeah. Um, there are some real vibes of like this is video games do this right, right. Um, but like it was kind of a sweet tail and like it th- yeah. there, there was there was some intrigue to it yeah. um it it was not a bad time no, it was, it's if if you want to have just like a fine time it's a predictable it. safe not bad time it's it, it's got very vibes of a kids movie like hey yeah. does your kid play a lot of video games they'll probably dig this film yeah you've you've heard of like hit points being a thing and yeah. You you know that the video games have cheat codes sometimes. You know, they're like it's that level of yeah, like a like the eighties video game movies. Yeah, but I mean it 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 had some similarities, sort of, kind of, to a slightly more aged up attempt at something like the Lego Movie. And I don't think it's as good as the Lego Movie at doing what it's trying to do. But these sort of like, I am suddenly self aware of. Like being able to break some of the rules of my rules limited world what kind if Ready of thing. Ready Player One was less problematic. What if Ready Player One was less problematic <laughs> and it wedged all of its let's reference everything we know into the like last ten minutes? Yeah, and like even then, like yeah, it, it doesn't like dwell on it. Yeah, it's like here's a fun sequence done. It's not the whole film's purpose. Yeah. And Tiger Watiti just chewing the fucking scenery in the most oh, beautiful way. Yeah, T- Tiger Watiti, um, <laughs> as someone writing a, vi- a a book of a parody book about the video game industry, watching Tiger Watiti's performance was uh, interesting. He could work for Supremacy Software, oh, right? Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think you could give Rick and Chad a, a, a run for their money. To be honest, I, I think so. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm trying to think what else uh, has been watched. We we both watched the Charlie the Unicorn finale. Charlie, uh, we've we've now seen the end of that. Uh, you, you you quite enjoyed that, didn't you? Yeah, I quite enjoyed that. You not so much. I I enjoyed it. Um, it. F- for what is supposedly the finale of this entire, like, this narrative is done, the final part of the finale felt very... It's the same problems I had with the Magnus Archives finale, in that it's technically fine, and I guess it works. 
it felt like it rushed over a lot of things and didn't quite explain a, a like answer it it felt like it was rushed for time in a way that a finale to a big ongoing thing ideally shouldn't uh and that's just my personal tastes i felt that like a few too many things were a, f- a bit too unclear and unexplained and and didn't feel quite resolved enough Mm-hmm. I enjoyed the road there. Yeah. I just, it didn't, it's last few minutes, I didn't feel like stuck the landing, but I enjoyed the journey. Mm-hmm. Um, you, I feel uh, differently about this. Yeah, um, that's entirely fair. That's, uh, yeah. So, um, uh, yeah, I mean, I think, yes, there are, there are bits that very definitely aren't explained. Like, there is one scene that is like a flashback and it perfectly explains how a thing happened. Yes. Uh, but it doesn't explain that it's a flashback. It doesn't lead into the fact that it's a flashback. It doesn't lead out of the fact that it's a flashback. It just goes, aha, here is a thing happening with, with yeah. X character or characters. And it happens. It's like, oh, okay, that explains that. But like in such a way of like, there's no lead into it. There's no lead out of it. There's just some stuff that is really random, but at the same time, I don't think any of it is less random. Less random than God damn it, they stole my freaking kidney. Yeah, but so... yeah, but here's the thing: God damn it, they stole my freaking kidney. Wasn't trying to be a big grand conclusion. It wasn't built up as a big, like it wasn't built up as a big huge narrative conclusion. Like this felt like it was. This felt like it was building up to an expectation it didn't pay off. Whereas the previous ones were like, this is a stupid, silly story that it is what it is. And if you get more of it or don't, it doesn't matter. It it it's it didn't feel like it was going where finishing the story, which is why I think I have different. I hold this to a different standard than some of the other endings. I think if you view it as a, a story of... Oh. I don't want to spoil it. Yeah. Um, the story of dealing with the cube. Yeah. From episode one. I'm not spoiling anything. You've seen the first part of that. Yeah. You know about the cube. I think if you see it as a story of dealing with the cube, that it concluded that. I. And everything else around it. I. It's just fucking. I just. Dis- random I, early 2000s humour. I disagree mm-hmm. because I personally feel that. The, this is what we're going to do to deal with the cube, and whether it was successful or not, and why, and the resulting consequences, I do not think there was nearly enough clarity to what was happening for me to understand the stakes of success and failure, what the plan was, whether it was succeeding or failing, and whether it's a good or bad thing that it succeeded or failed in the way it did. I feel like the big crux of how we're going to deal with the problem was very, very, like, hand-wave away what the fuck is happening, and that made it really hard for me to care about whether it was working or not. And that's my personal take. But I enjoyed the previous... I Honestly, I preferred the previous parts where it wasn't trying to answer the questions and it was just being lol so random. It was just like, okay, time for an ending that didn't... Some nice music. Yeah, yeah. I enjoyed the wrapping trench coat. The wrapping trench coat talking about Weasel Bowie. 
Yeah, Weasel Bowie. <laughs> that that duet is fantastic. <laughs> I I enjoyed that. Um, uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. I I think that for for an ending that felt so rushed, there are a good few scenes in there that are just dwelling on scenery. Um, yeah. Also, what does Jason Steele have against cubes? Because Detective Heart of America, the bad guy, was an Ouya. I mean, cubes are angular. Bad cube. Yeah, bad, cubes are, are, are easy shape to, to villainize. Grr. It's got so many angles, Grr. vertices. Grr. <laughs> um, we also watched the first episode of Final Space Season 3. Yes, we did. Um, I do not really remember most of the previous seasons. No, uh, what I want to do is I want to find a good recap of the first three seasons and then rewatch that first episode of Season 3. I feel like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yep. we jumped into it and I suddenly was like, Oh yeah, I'm realising exactly how much I don't fucking remember about this. I recognise the characters, I there, don't have a clue what's happening. There are happening. characters where I'm like, I remember you dying, I guess you're back, I don't remember how that happened. I don't remember anyone dying. I, I thought one of the cat characters died. Oh. Wasn't yeah. there something to do with that? Like the, the adult one and the, the, the kid was mourning? Oh yeah. Like there's there's a bunch of stuff where I'm like I half remember stuff and go I'm sure that happened. <laughs> yeah. This is the problem of just mainlining episodes of a show and then walking away from it with ADHD for a year or so. Yeah. Um I think we need to watch a good recap and rewatch that first episode because it was fascinating and visually really interesting. And I felt like um the the thing with the the robot they find in the cave? Yes. Like, my legs. I felt like that was supposed to be way more impactful than it was, but I just sat there going, I don't yeah, know what just happened. There's a lot of things where I was like, this seems really interesting and I'm enjoying the characterization, but I don't know what the fuck is happening <laughs> and I don't remember and I need a reminder. Yeah, so don't come into Final Space Season 3, blind. Yeah. Um, yeah, maybe maybe have a bit of a refresh. Yeah. If, if you, like me, don't remember shit very well. Same. Hmm. Uh, also, we started watching uh, a show called Inside Job. Ooh. Um, we were quite enjoying the first few episodes, uh, yeah, to a there, point. I. There was an energy about it that from the first episode, I was like, I, I, I'm not sure about this. Okay. So yeah, so this is a animated comedy where the concept is is that all of the conspiracies about the world being run by some shadowy cabal are true, but they're run by a slightly inept company uh, doing their best to bumble through. Who seem to work under the actual overlords. Yeah, like there's the actual overlords and then there's like the middle, middle management trying to work out like, okay, how do we make a robot that can replace the president or whatever we're yeah. trying to do? And... Um, your characters are like an army man who was uh, genetically spliced with a dolphin, uh, a sentient psychic mushroom. Um, oh, Mike. Yeah. Um, it's got the energy... Here's the thing. Right from the start, it very clearly has the energy of a rude adult comedy. Yes. But it's, it, it's got real family guy vibes. It, and the thing was... But in the art first, style of yeah. um, something like regular show? Yeah. In the first couple of episodes it hadn't explicitly done anything that was like, oh, that's that's gross. But it had that energy of like it feels like the kind of show that does some of those gross things. Yeah, I think it was the, the fact that they, like, 
there was a couple of times when they were very much relied on the hey we're the we're the secret shadowy people and we've got like the best drugs because we can make them stronger than anyone else. Yeah. Um, and I was like, okay, well maybe that's just a fun thing. People make getting high jokes all the time, and, yeah. and I don't have a problem with that. But just something about the way they were handling it was just like, I, oh, I don't I, know I, where and, this and is going. The thing that turned us off it. In the very first episode, I instantly had they're going to code the they're going to say the main character is autistic vibes, and that could have been done really well, and because she seems to be very capable, I, very driven, yeah. very scientifically minded, and has worked yeah. her way up to the top of a, a, a corporation. I I want to push through and finish watching that episode that we turned off part way through. Because I want to see if they pull it back before the end of the episode. Because it didn't start great, and I'm hoping... Like, I want to try and see if it's trying to build to something actually good with that. There there were two... I mean, there were two reasons that it got turned off yesterday. One, yesterday was not the fucking day for it. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And we, we just wanted some, like, fun, silly... Yeah. Like, a, a joke with something a bit soft and fuzzy and and maybe taking the piss out of the right wing. That would have been just fine. Yeah. Um, The second thing was the fact that they specifically said Asperger's. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh... Hey, 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 writers. Um... <sighs> If you're using the word Asperger's today uh, for a character not based on a real person, you're probably doing so because uh, autism light is probably how you're using it. Mm. And maybe that's not where that episode will go. But um, yeah, from the first episode, they're coding this main character as like really smart, intelligent, like fantastic at what they do, savant level intelligence at, at, at times. Um, very good with person. computers, but not a good people person, very abrasive, very bad at interpersonal communication, doesn't make eye contact, they keep pointing out. Um, like, that is a very big point they keep hammering home. The weird thing is, that, that stuff is all very normal for me, so it didn't really register as potentially a red flag. I, it registers, this is a very relatable no, character, I'm, this I'm is, into this. This is the thing, very relatable <laughs> character, but, like, it's... As someone that does a lot of media criticism, <clears> I was like... You've mentioned doesn't make eye contact three times in ten minutes. You're you're queuing that up as a personality trait, and you're building that. Um, yeah, there's an episode. It's very hard to convey in a cartoon. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna power through when I'm in a better place yes. to watch that that episode in which like they name drop Asperger's, and I'm gonna see if like they like. Because it's it is very deliberately a flippant older character, yeah. Set like saying it flippantly at the main character. Maybe the main character does something more tasteful with looking into that, and it's maybe treated well. We'll see. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's trash. I'm curious. Yeah. Just yesterday wasn't the day for it. Yeah. That being said, like I think so far, like other than that, the humor has been like it hasn't been punching down. It hasn't done a lot of the. Like tropes I would have expected, it seems to largely be like reaffirming the position that hey, right wing government is largely terrible. Yep, and, and doing we'll terrible do things. All the worst things. Yep. Um, um, it takes the stance of say hey, American isolationism and a president that wants to shut America off from the whole world is a terrible bad thing. Yep. That should be stopped. Yep. Bad people shouldn't have access to all the nukes. I'm like, yeah, yep. okay, I, yeah. 
Some of the humour will make you go a bit... It's a bit close to the line in places, but it's... it's there is an internal convenience store within that organisation called 9-11. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've yet to feel like... I, I feel like it's just so far other than the... Uh, how is today the right day to deal with this Asperger's plot? Yeah. Um, it has stayed on the correct line of where I would want this kind of thing to be. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm willing to give it another chance on a better day. Yes. Um, yeah, have you watched anything else? Uh, I think that's it. I think that's it for me as well. Well then. <gasps> Time for this. La la, we've got a new sponsor. Who's our new sponsor? Well, do you sometimes say things that are a bit, um, releasing some of the trauma? Ah, yes, the, um, I didn't mean for that. That's very normal to me, but you're giving me the very weird look right now. I'm saying what was in my head, Yeah. But you're giving me the look of, oh my god, are you okay? Ah. Yeah, it's you the... You reminded me of, of, of the awfulness yeah. of the world. It's like, oh no, I'm very sorry. This happened at a young enough age that, like, I just, I just don't think about it now. For me, I just make casual offhand jokes about but, it. But oops, oh no, now, now you think everything's very bad. I'm sorry yeah, about yeah. this. Uh, that's, that's, you know, it's not necessarily the worst thing. Uh, it's just that I have learned yeah. to humorise my trauma, I guess. Yeah. My my lens of what is bleak is a little bit skewed. Yeah. Just a little bit. Sorry yeah. about that. Yeah. Would you like reminding about that before somebody else gives you the <gasps> look? I mean, it would be very convenient to know, oh shit, this is going to make someone do the <gasps> look. Introducing the personal bleak alarm. Oh, tell me more. Well, it can either be worn around your wrist like a watch or, or hung from the neck as like a little pendant. Yeah, yeah. And it will either vibrate or, or emit little tones or a series yeah. of tones. Or you could, I suppose you could set up just like a ringtone on it. Yeah. And it will let you know if you're being bleak. Ah, so I can, you know, get a few words into a sentence and be like, um, oh, yeah, at, at that point, one of my parents. And then it's like, oh, ooh, oh, it's vibrating. I'm about to go into bleak. I should I should probably, you know, I, I'll tone this down a little. Offered me some jelly and ice cream. Yes. Um, that's, that's what I was going to say. Yes. Ignore the beeping. <laughs> ignore the, ignore the, the progressively louder beeping. <laughs> 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 so that's, um, personalbleakalarm.lol.net. Enter the code QNPS1879, 180 something. Just keep jumping. Pumping one eight numbers in there, and I'm sure you'll probably get the thing, right? Probably, probably, probably. There's a discount code, fifteen percent off. You could get one of those, including free shipping. Ooh. That's personallybleakalarm.lol.net, and do the thing. Yeah, yeah. Inside the boardroom of Supremacy Software. Hi. Ah, uh, yeah. Uh, so, um, I want more money. Well, I mean. You don't even have to say that. That's that's just the resting state of things. That is my resting state. Yeah, I, I like money. I Money's want money. Good. Money's good. Money. I like money too. And I like when number go up. Number number go up. Money is one of my favorite number to go up. Yeah, bad number to go up. Yeah. Money, good number to go up. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm just tired of other people around the office. 
Those right. devs, especially when we've been crunching them and they can't leave the office and they oh, just... Oh, they get all complainy. They get all complainy and they get a real, you know, get a real stink on and it's have... not good. Yeah, yeah. You have to, like, spray them down with Febreze. And... Oh, it's, uh, it's, it's more effort it's, than it's, it's worth. It's just nasty. It's just nasty. I mean, maybe we could, maybe we could, you know, like, put them behind some kind of screen or something so we don't have to smell them. But, uh, yeah. yeah, it's, it's really nasty. So... I have this whole idea. Okay, run it by me. What if, instead of making games, right, we just announce games? I mean, it, don't we already do that? We announce games, we open pre-orders exclusively through our own site. Okay. And then we spin up the hype machine, we get marketing involved. Oh, it's going to be great. Here's some, some single artwork that we've made for it. Yeah. Oh, here's some screenshots. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, you know, buy our game. Buy our game and people will start to get the pre-orders in. And we just keep dragging that out. Oh, sorry, it got delayed. You know how we delay games all the time? Oh, yeah, we do that. We it do got that. delayed. But here's some more hype, so you probably want to, you know, put some money in and buy that, right? Well, you know, I'm pretty sure if we, uh, if we keep angling it as, uh, we're doing the, we're delaying it for you, the fans. We want it to be the yeah. greatest video game that's ever yeah. existed. Uh, you know, we, we thought of new ideas, we had new content, we want, we don't want to release it until it's perfect. Yeah. <gasps> oh, oh, I've got something, I've got something. What do you got? I think we can really abuse that uh, quote from that one famous game designer. Uh, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, if, if, if a game's not perfect when it releases, uh, it, it's never bad perfect. Forever. Yeah, bad forever. You know, it ignores the fact that, you know, patches exist. But, like, we can, we can, we can spin that up and be like, oh, no, it'll be bad forever if we release it before it's ready. But Yeah, I mean, it's not like, yeah. we, you know, we patch anything till it properly works. We... We build roadmaps. Yeah, exactly. People don't like the roadmaps recently, so what if we cut that out yeah. by never releasing the game? Yeah. Oh, oh, you don't want to. You don't want a roadmap. That's fine. We'll. Uh, we won't release it until all of the roadmap content is done. And then next time there's like a whole controversy about someone being abused here, we just go. Well, he. It was the person who was in charge <gasps> of making the game, and we've canned them. We've we've canned them. So unfortunately, that means this. Cannot now be released. But we can't um, refund you because uh, we sunk the money into the development of the project. Yeah, you understand? I mean, that money's been spent. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or, you know, we announced that we were hacked or something. And we've lost all the receipts and we can't possibly prove it. And, and that's our money now. You are a fucking genius. I know. So, <gasps> what have you put in your eyes? Uh, my eyes? No, what do you mean ears, my ears? Your, your ear eyes. You know, my, my, my sound your audio eyes. audio recepting. My audio eyes. Yeah. Um, what if, like, what if sound instead of light? <laughs> uh, well, I listen to a lot of 90s and 2000s rock and pop because damn, yes. I was having a weekend with the nerds. Um, lots and lots of, like, mashups of interesting tracks. Mm -hmm. um, absolutely belted my heart out to some My Chemical Romance. Um... Both uh, Welcome to the Black Parade and Teenagers um, had a good old scream along too. And then got very excited that in seven months I'm seeing them live. Ah! Like more than once. I'm, I'm seeing them. Ah! It's happening. Ah! Ah! And then I listened to a lot of MCR because of course I did. Um, right. But I did listen to some new music as well. Mm -hmm. um, I listened to a track called You Still Believe In Me? Question uh, mark By Bomb the Music Industry. Uh, it's very Scar-influenced hard rock music, 
um, about the chaos of trying to self-med and manage ADHD. Um, the chorus is very specifically about like, ah, on meds, I feel like I'm fixed now. Oh no, I came off my meds. My okay, no, brain is not fixed. It, it no, that yeah, that is still a thing, huh? Uh, brain wants chaos distractions. Nah. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yep, that's relatable. Relatable. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also listened to a track called Everything Is Fine by Q-Bomb, which is a very upbeat sort of pop rock track uh, with deliberately clashing lyrics. So like very upbeat tone lyrics are a lot more chaotic and like not as upbeat. Mm-hmm. Uh, about how pretending that everything is fine and saying that we're happy all the time is what capitalism and fascist control want. They want people to, you know, pretend everything's fine and that they're happy and to not acknowledge the bad because, you know, we need to get angry and admit we're unhappy about things in order to have the energy to make things better and to not feel apathetic. Um, The track has some really interesting pacing stuff. Mm. Um, There's a very frantic, aggressive, fast-paced rock escalation and some very creative use of gasping for breath and being told to calm down to control the pacing of the track. Mm -hmm. It tells a very effective story with, like, tone of vocal delivery and pacing of track Mm -hmm. that I really enjoy. Uh, and the last one I listened to was called A Werewolf by Attic Abasement, uh, which is a sort of laid-back song about trying to push yourself to be someone that you're not for someone and feeling like you've damaged yourself a little in the process and why you shouldn't do that. Hmm. So it's a good track. Yeah. What about you? What do you listen to? Uh, so I was listening to uh, Nancy P. Ellis' channel on YouTube. Um, some, there's, so there's a bunch of mixes, um, Find My Way and uh, Halloween at Home. Mm. Uh, they're about sort of two and a half, three hours long. And it's, uh, lo-fi for witches only. Oh yes, yes. There's some really nice chill lo-fi with like lots, there's a lot of flute in there. It's, it was some, yeah, it's just some, some beautiful lo-fi that I enjoyed for, a few hours while I was writing the penultimate chapter of our book. Ah! Penultimate! Yeah. We're nearly there! We're nearly yeah. done! We've only got, like, two pages left, and that's the the prologue, and the first draft is done! And I listened to uh, My Chemical Romance, I Brought You My Bullets. Oh, yeah, the... The, the, the shattier an- album. The very, the very angry album. The uh, 9-11 happened, and I have complicated feelings I need to shout about, because the world is scary. Uh, listen to King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard's uh, Nonagon Infinity album. The album you can play forever. Because <laughs> uh, it tra- like trails out to the end... Oh, at the end to the beginning of the first track. Ah, that's um, clever. So you can just listen to it on repeat forever. Oh. I, I did go back and, uh, on a similar note, I, I went back and listened to Three Cheers for Sweet Revenge because I think it was this past week that I was... Te- Mentioning to you the fact that that album is the um, Jared Way's Grandmother's Just yes. Died album. And uh, I was like, I want to listen back to that. And I listened back through and was like, I'm listening for references again. Because once you know that it's sort of everywhere once in there. Once you know, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I also listened to um, a good chunk of the Pokemon Heart Gold Soul Silver soundtrack. Oh, it's got a good soundtrack. I like Azalea Town. Azalea Town is yeah. good. Yeah. Um, 
what else? Oh, the Wi-Fi Plaza tracks. Oh, Those yes. Those really nice and upbeat. Yeah. I don't know when I would have heard them otherwise, but yeah. Um, and the uh, Pocathlon. There's a few good tracks hmm. related to the Pocathlon area. Um, oh, yeah, it was uh, the... Oh my god, there's so much music. <laughs> um, uh, Wi-Fi Plaza, yeah, Wi-Fi Plaza mini game, and the uh, parade track from Wi-Fi Plaza. Mm. Just nice upbeat sounds, very good. Uh, oh, and the um, Ocarina of Time soundtrack for entirely different reasons. I mean, that's that's a good soundtrack. It's a good soundtrack. There's some really beautiful tracks on there, and it holds up, uh, even though it was made the way it was. Sound. I recently discovered sound fonts for the N64 because I um, made a piece of music for um, a, another podcast called What Nintended. Yeah. And they were like, can you do something that sounds a bit like Diodiodox? I was like, well, what if I get the instruments they used to make Diodiodox? I mean, you did a fantastic job of using those instruments to make a legally distinct, very diadiadox. Yeah, it's called Pitiful Pitiful Pier. <laughs> uh, also, check that out. I think they're on like episode two and a half now. They're doing like a mini-sode uh, mailbag stuff between episodes. Uh, their second episode was about what your favourite Pokemon are. Yeah. So give that a listen to, maybe. Um, another quick one related to listen. We're going to be on Human Tolerant News Later today. Yes, today is many recordings day. Oh, yes. Um, so we will give you a, a, a link when that drops and you can listen to us chatting to some lovely humans. Uh, I think Phoenix is going to be there, Bethany, uh, Lauren, that you may know from Dice Funk. Yeah. It's going to be a lovely time and we're going to talk about good news because gosh darn, we could use some good news. Yeah, yeah, I need to talk about some good news, please. Good news, please. Good, the good, The good things. Well, that is everything I've listened to. That's everything I've listened to. Well then, time for this. Okay, thanks very much for stopping by their system of a down. It was lovely, lovely to chat to Surge there. Lovely to chat to Surge. And uh, I think, uh, I think just uh, just coming off the main stage now, we've got uh, Rage Against Machine. Tom, Tom Morello, could we, could we just bother you for a, a quote? Oh, thank you. Uh, hi, hello. Hi, Tom. Um, uh, I'm glad that you stopped me. I, I, I've been looking for an opportunity to do an interview today. Um, I think it's finally time. It, it, it's time? Yes, it's time. It, it's finally time. It's finally time. Finally, it's fine. We're, we're going to hear today. It's, 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 yeah, today. Live. You hear, you're about to hear it live here first on Rock Against the Rage Against the Rage Against the Radio. Uh, uh, Tom Morello, do, do let us know. It's finally time to let you know what machine we were raging against. It it, it 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 it's been commonly held as a theory for a long time that mm -hmm. it's 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 generally the establishment, mm -hmm. and I understand why people think that. But no, it is not the establishment in general. It was a printer I bought back in the nineties. You hear me first. We're alive against Rocky against the Rocker against the radio. It was a printer bought in the nineties. Very understandable. Inkjets fucking suck. C couldn't stop jamming the paper. Absolute waste of money. Since Tory MPs have voted against or abstained from stopping sewage being dumped into British waters, it seems the only recourse for those of us who care about our waterways and coastline is to shit on a Tory today. Shit on a Tory, because they've been shitting on you for years. Do you know what I want to see more of? What do you want to see more of? Virtual Justice Warriors. Virtual Justice Warriors? Yeah. Right, Larry. Right, Barry, how are you doing? Um, oh, yeah. Oh, 
mate. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, that sort of sound, yeah. Uh, yeah. Prolonged I, sounds of screaming. Yeah, I have yeah. just uh, just finished writing a very lengthy complaint to the BBC. Oh, yeah, for all the good it will do. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, that, uh, I have obfuscated uh, just how difficult it is to actually get a complaint heard by a person who isn't you know, outsourced and, and there to not actually listen to your complaint, but to just send you a stock letter. Indeed, indeed. Uh, yeah, I've I've spent the last uh, many hours researching how best to do a complaint to the BBC about that uh, terrible, terrible, terrible article in which they claimed that uh, trans women are rapists raping cis lesbians. Uh, terrible, terrible, like, reporting on a basically nothing study by people with a huge bias that have self-reported with a terrible sample size. All of the other people I heard, yeah, yeah, lots of all the terrible, terrible nonsense with it, and working out on a complaint to the BBC about their complete, absolute mask off transphobia was a bit of a nightmare. Yeah, because um, you know I've I've written complaints to the BBC myself, and um, uh, along with a, gr- a group of other people, and funnily enough, we all received like a, a stock response, which yep. none of us were happy with. So a lot of us wrote back, and then we got like a slightly more personalised response. But still very dismissive and derisive, and that—that yeah. that is about the time that I stopped paying a TV license and, and refused to support the BBC. So, my understanding here is the process: uh, your first complaint, make sure it is less than a thousand words. Make sure it focuses on factual things that are not emotion-based. They do not care about your feelings on the matter. They care about whether they have broken rules. Uh, look up the BBC's own guidelines. Uh, for example, this particular article. Uh, was not properly sourced, was self-reported, and was from a group with a uh, a recognisable bias, which are all things against the BBC's guidelines of how surveys should be used as news. Um, look at things like Ofcom's rules and which of those that have been broken, uh, particularly ones about um, deliberately inciting or publishing things that could be seen to incite hate on uh, the BBC. Um, Make sure you stay factual, keep it under a thousand words, they will dismiss you if it's over a thousand words, and every time they send you a boilerplate response, uh, go back to the complaints form, send your complaint again, verbatim, with the thing ticked that says, I have complained before and would like to escalate. You will keep getting dismissive responses, keep doing it, there is about six stages of complaint you're going to have to go through in order to reach an actual human being who will properly engage and not just dismiss it. And at that point, if they still dismiss it, you can raise it to Ofcom. Uh, Thing to know, you cannot add new information from one stage to the next. Whatever information you want to raise all the way up to, say, Ofcom, needs to be in there from the very first stage of the complaint process. Because if you try and add anything in along the way, uh, it will be dismissed as you're, you're you're working this out as you go along. You didn't have a clear complaint sorted. It will be dismissed. You know, the way people actually, you know, complain you know, about things, yeah. com- compose their thoughts a bit further and, and add yeah. things maybe later on, or... Yeah, yeah, unfortunately, no. You have to pick a complaint, pick your fa- the facts you're including, and not add anything additional over time. Um, keep persisting when they keep fobbing you off until you you reach Ofcom. Keep it under a thousand words every time. That is, unfortunately, the, the way it has to be done, uh... If you look at specifically BBC Complaints Procedure, there is a PDF that is like 100 pages long, but you're specifically looking for Section 2, 
which is about uh, inaccuracy in news reporting, which will give you a pretty good breakdown of the uh, order. It's a lot of words and a lot of text. Persist and pay really close attention to how you how you follow it, because a single not perfectly followed step, they'll just throw your complaint out the process. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, you know, it's... Uh, the- the BBC, which has you know been held up as like a, a world class uh, source of reporting, has just been going down the toilet for for years. But and and the news section is is definitely getting more mask off, right wing mouthpiece Tory bullshit. All the while, the right wing spend a lot of time going, "Oh, bloodshed, left wing losers at the BBC. Where where are they? Where are they then? Because frankly, we could use some." If, if that's all right, because frankly, I'm I'm fucking tired of the BBC, um, oh. and I think uh, if any anyone is paying for a TV license, they are complicit in yeah. the whole thing. Hey, uh, any anyone who has seen this this absolute blatant like damaging going to get people hurt transphobia from the BBC. You do not need to pay a TV license in the UK. If you stop watching broadcast TV and don't use iPlayer, you do not need to pay for a TV license. That is the only thing that's honestly going to hurt the BBC's bottom line, is if people who care about this level of bigotry stop giving the BBC money. Yep. Yeah. And, you know, I think even if you are don't have the endurance to go through that complaint procedure, if you would be willing to sign the, uh, the open letter, hopefully that will... Yeah. generate something because there's, there's um, an open letter doing the rounds i believe the good law project are also looking into uh some some sort of action against that and they're usually very good maybe consider a donation to them to to help yeah. with that because it's it we, well we are we, we are fully descending into fascism at this point Indeed. and that is deeply concerning uh also i hear january 8th uh all around the country multiple protests are being planned for various bbc uh buildings and you could probably find some info about that yeah hopefully uh that will actually be listened to rather than ignored the way the bbc are very good at ignoring uh the sorts of uh protests that they uh well they don't I'm, want to pay attention i'm to. hoping it will be more difficult to pay uh, to uh ignore when it's literally outside their front door. Hopefully, hopefully that would be, yeah. be good. Yeah. Uh, hug, mate. Yeah, definitely. Oh, needed, mate. Needed. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. Good hug, mate. Good hug. Uh-huh. All right. I think I'm uh, have myself another cup of tea. Oh, sounds lovely. Sounds nice. lovely. So, huh, we've got a book. We do have a book. Do you want to tell everyone about the book? It's called Who Hunts the Whale. It is a satirical novel set in a video game publisher's office that does terrible, exploitative, uh, bad things. And it's it's told through a year of notes from APA working in the executive boardroom. Um trying to navigate how to survive what was meant to be a dream job and is slowly becoming clearly not that. Uh, We're nearly finished writing it. We're very proud of it. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you want to support that book, uh, it's it's up on Unbound. You can go to unbound.com forward slash books forward slash whale uh, or search Who Hunts the Whale Unbound Mm -hmm. in pre-order a copy. Uh, 
so that when we finish writing it, we can send one to you and your name will be in the back and or there's other backer rewards if you yeah, want them. you could get a swag bag. You could imagine that you live in a world where, you know, there was a big company that you're fanatically obsessed with and they were like, hey, draw some up and we'll put it in our game competition. It's not that we haven't made assets for our game. Honest. Wink, 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 yeah. wink, 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 wink. You 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 made some wonderful assets for us, and we will definitely pay you Here's in promotional tote. merch. Here's a tote bag with a cup and, and a, a pen, pen and, and uh, a pin badge. <laughs> All of the things you want, right? Yeah. Right. I mean, you, I, I'm excited about that swag bundle existing. Hell yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, you should check that out. Uh, should we promote the other things we do? The other things? Yeah. What, yeah. what do you do on the internet and, uh, and other places? Laura K. Buzz, Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, TikTok, Patreon. Uh, that's the one that pays the bills. I've got other books. Uncomfortable Labels, Things I Learned from Mario's Butt, Gender Euphoria, they're all out now. Uh, there's podcasts I do, Pixel Squirt, Podquisition, uh, Dice Funk. And I'm on another podcast with you that isn't this one. Ooh. I'm getting back to it, honest. We've nearly finished writing the book, which means I can move back to editing polyamory. Books somewhat <laughs> consumed our life for a bit, as books tend to as do. As they tend to do. Uh, yeah, so th- there's poly- Polyamory, it's a D&D fifth edition real play podcast with questionable morals. You could join people like the lovely Bethany Turner, <gasps> who is currently doing a re-listen to Polyamory. Um, I also did a horror podcast show thing it's about an hour long it's called the program yeah. you can listen to that it's spoopy time so it's time for some spoopy stuff listen to possibly the spoopiest thing anyone's ever made <laughs> also there's a thing of yours that's going up this weekend i believe uh that you guessed it on is going up this weekend oh is it going up this weekend yeah okay I, i'm so glad no one told me um <laughs> i found out only last night because austin was telling us the, the upcoming schedule i want a dice funk one shot with yeah. with joa and amira and and fee and we played thirsty sword lesbians and i played a soliloquy an emo octoling who uh, has a secret that she ha- sort of goes beast mode and transforms into something else. But I won't <laughs> tell you what. You'll have to work it out unless I mention it in the last episode, in which case you already know, but I don't yeah. remember telling you. Yay! But yes, I believe that's going up on uh, Sunday. It's going up on Halloween day. We had a lot of fun recording that. It's uh, just fucking wild. Yeah. Uh, so if you want a little Dice Funk one shot with some people who are learning Thirsty Sword Lesbians and telling a story about consent and love and hugs and and cooking and singing and, and just... Going on a game show. <laughs> I won't say any more than that. Uh, yeah, check it out. That was really, really good and fun. And yeah. the characters are really fascinating. So give that a look. I'm excited for people to hear that. Yeah. I'm excited to hear that. Yeah. Uh, so, Laura. Yeah. Sing us out, please, darling. <gasps> Until next time, be a stranger. <laughs> <laughs>